Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's Charity Stripe. It's your free throws because they're free. Fisher to stop was DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crider, Gentlemen. Week 11 is almost in the books. We have the Eagles and the Chiefs still to kick in what is a Super Bowl rematch or what could be a Super Bowl preview of the next Super Bowl to come in the Kelsey Bowl 2, Swift Bowl 2. They're not playing Taylor Swift in the radios in Philly. Uh, she has turned on her original team and is now a Kansas City Chief fan. I thought that was pretty funny. Some teams were a little unlucky yesterday. Some losses across the board that may be costing NFL head coaches their jobs. Let's rip it down the line. There's a couple head coaches i got to ask you guys. On the docket today, Mr. Staley, Frank Reich, Robert Sala, Ron Rivera, and Matt Eberfluss. We'll start with Nikki Snacks' team, the L.A. Chargers. Brandon Staley loses a close one to the Green Bay Packers. Some of it's not as fault. A lot of drops yesterday by the Chargers' offense, wide receivers. But nonetheless, they dropped the four and six. This is a team that we thought could be contending for the playoffs, maybe even contending for the Super Bowl. And they are on the outside looking in, and they have a tough road to climb to get back into playoff contention. Should Brandon Staley be on the hot seat, let alone be fired he should have been on the hot seat last year should have been fired last year if you look across the media if you look across just fan opinions anyone they should all tell you that brand staley is on the hot seat and should be coaching for his job every single week and the media clip that he that was you know are swirling around the internet right now of him saying that stop asking that question i'm the one coaching the defense i'm confident in my play call then he has to defend himself and say, you know, we've improved in these areas. We've we've made improvements here. It's not like we haven't gotten any better. Bullshit. Your defense has not improved. You've been bottom of the league for the past three seasons, and it's a trend. Passing yards allowed, points allowed, rushing yards allowed, least sacks and turnovers, like everything. And you're supposed to be this defensive-minded guru that was brought into the Chargers to revamp this team. So, yeah, he should have been fired this morning, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And you said that some of the issues in the game, why they lost, were not his fault, like drops. Drops are 100% coaching fault. I, I That has always been taught in, in football, is that penalties, drops – miscues, fumbles, those are all focus issues that can be combated with good coaching. If you have a culture in your system and if you have um, a culture within your organization that is focused, that is diligent, that works every single day, that fights for their teammates, that fights for their coaching staff, you'll minimize drops, you'll minimize fumbles, you'll minimize penalties. The best teams in the league take care of the ball. And clearly, Chargers had like five drops or something or six drops in this game against Green Bay. I mean, it was sunny outside. They're blaming the sun. But these are professional football players that are making some $20 million a year. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen dropped two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Quinton Johnston dropped a crucial um, uh, thir- third and long that probably would have put them in field goal position, if not a touchdown. You know, perfect ball that Justin Herbert 
delivered to him. I mean, you just got to feel so bad for Justin Herbert at this point. I mean, they flash the stat every game. It's like he's their defense has allowed just as many points as that he's scored since he's been a Charger, and like and he scored a lot of points. He scored over fifteen hundred points in his last three seasons. So it's ridiculous that you know we're wasting yet another potential Hall of Fame quarterback's career because we have the wrong guy at the helm and. Look, I said this to you guys when we were doing Best of Believe last Thursday, and I'm just going to echo what I said again. Weasels want to work with other weasels. They want to hire other weasels. And so Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers that has taken a bunch of hate and criticism from all the fans and from the media, being a bad owner, ripping the team out of San Diego, that's deep-rooted inside who he is and his personality. And he probably picked a guy like Staley, and for what we've heard, Toss, is that Tom Telesco would have had Staley out of there in a heartbeat. Tom Telesco is not the issue. He's the GM there who's made great, great moves, right? Brought in so many superstars. A phenomenal drafter. You know, in the first round, he's hit almost every single season. Maybe the Jerry Tillery pick was, like, the bad one. But regardless, like, the common denominator here is that Dean Spanos is a bad owner, and he's been fighting for this weasel on his team, Brandon Staley, for multiple years, giving him a life, a lifeline and, and another lifeboat every single season. And enough is enough. I'm sorry, but like this is such a mediocre team. They lead the league in three point three point or less losses. They're tops in the league in one score games over the past like 10 seasons. I mean, it's just at this point comical that the Chargers figure out how to lose a game the same way each and every week. Yeah, and before you go, T, I just want to just jump in there and say one thing. Because I, I saw a great clip of Dan Campbell. I know how big of fans of Dan Campbell we are. And it's almost the antithesis of Dan Campbell in the sense that 100%. Dan Campbell o- always finds a way to win. Dan Campbell's always motivating his guys and invigorating those guys with, with his passion and his culture. And that's the reason they flipped the script. And it's a shame I watch. Like, I watch on Sunday as the Cardinals and the Texans go toe-to-toe. And Stroud has his worst game as a pro, turning the ball over. Three picks is pretty bad. Still but they still win. And D'Amico Ryan still finds a way to win. And it's a shame because the Chargers, if they had fired Staley and taken action, could have had that guy at the helm and could have had him as the head coach. Could have had a lot of guys. I mean, could have had Sala. Could have had uh, could have had D'Amico, as, as we mentioned. Could have had Campbell. Could have had Dable. I mean, these are all guys that they're players. I mean, as bad as the season the Giants are having, I don't think it's I don't think it's all co- coaching. I mean, they've had injuries. They've just not put together the best of rosters. They're on a really competitive division. I mean, that just stems from the top there. But like, there are so many coaches in the NFL that players adore. Like they they'll do anything. They'll fight for their guy. They'll defend him on the media. They'll f- defend him no matter what. You know, and to think that you know this is a business, but that players you know, don't want to fight for their coach. Like it's, it's, they're, they're humans at the end of the day. You want to fight for the guy who's at the helm. And when we had Chris Harris Jr. on, we, when we brought up Staley, Chris kind of was just like, oh gosh, that guy, he was with them. And and you know what? Chris was a vet. Chris, Chris has been in the, in the league for 14 plus years and Chargers one of his last teams. And so for a veteran player to have that type of mentality about a head coach, I mean, that's all you have to say right there. Like there's mm-hmm. not much more investigative knowledge that you need to do to this. Like 
if vets don't like you, how do you expect rookies to like you? How do you expect, you know, the third year guy to like you? Yeah. I think with that too, it's, it's not like there are players week in week out that are incredibly vocal about, Oh, Brandon Staley like sucks at coaching. I, I don't think he's a particularly unliked guy in the locker room. I just think they're not necessarily moved, motivated. It's not, he's not an X factor for them, right? Like he's not, he's not necessarily like rallying the troops. He's not adding anything. Right. And I think that that is part of the sentiment that we got from Chris. Um, But I would say like, this is year three, right? Year one. um, I mean, his overall record is like what? 23 and 21. So he's over 500 coach year one. You almost make the playoffs, right? And that heartbreaker game against the Raiders. um, And you don't end up making it year two. You do what you need to do. You get to the playoffs and you have, a crushing loss where you're mm. up and the Jags come back and beat you again. A lot of that you'd, you'd point to coaching, right? When there's a, a tremendous uh, comeback, you know, a lot of times it has everything to do with coaching and how the game is being called and how prepared your guys and focused they are in moments where you're up or moments where you're down in any given football game. And then this year, you know, you take a step back and it's year three and that's not the direction that you need to be going as a head coach. And I think it, if you want to say like, is it fair to give him a three year window? Sure. Okay. That's fine. But I think More he's showing time. that in, in year three that like he's, he's not the guy and it's, it's heading in the wrong direction as opposed to heading in the right direction. And he yeah. has, he's had much longer release than anyone I've ever seen. Completely honest. I mean, there's been some coaches that have had pretty bad seats that have had fine seasons and still got fired after year two. And so, I, well, I'd say, a- I'd say Dan Campbell had a pretty long leaf. Like to be honest, like his first two I seasons, think that's that different though. But I think that's sure. different in the sense that like the their built their roster is being built. Like they there was and even with D'Amico Ryan's obviously he's turned this thing around a lot faster. Like I think that's the reason why Robert Sala had a long leash too. Like there was there was an understanding that this team has to be built from the ground up. Yeah. Like Brandon Staley's walking in to a rookie of the year winner, a record setting rookie, a quarterback who is a, you know, is a home run. Like you took that kid and he's a home run. Like, and him, how often you've got yeah. all those everywhere. You've got Derwin James, all of fame wide receiver, Bosa, maybe Keenan Allen, like you have Cleo Mack. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I acknowledging that the circumstances are incredibly diff- different. We still, a lot of times are, not fair in regards to the timers that we put on coaches and how long we give them to get it done. Um, we, we, I mean, people, Sala is on this list, Josh, that you put forward. Like, and I don't think he should be fired, but I think he deserves to be on the list because yeah, you gotta, you gotta evaluate the circumstance though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. But I think for uh, time and time again, and for years to come, like the circumstances will get dropped if teams are losing football games and then, the head coach is the first guy that people are calling for. That's always how it goes. I could go down this list I have, and I would, I almost put Brian Dable on it, but I thought the circumstances were so outlandish that there's no way he's going to get fired. This I season. can tell you that the giants fans are saying he should get fired. Like that's, that's happening now. That's well, one of the most considered. Considered. a lot of dumb fans though, that like just want to point a finger at somebody. Of course you don't necessarily know who to point the finger at. And the fall guy always has to be, Who's calling the Who's calling the plays? Who's Who's at the helm? Who's making the decisions? And it's the coach. It comes from the top. You know, you can't coach, fire the owner. Yeah, so, coach, quarterback. Exactly. And I think with the Jets and the Giants, there's, there's definitely external 
factors that I think would both take them out of consideration, in my opinion. Staley mm -hmm. has had every opportunity to have every season. We're here, sitting here talking preseason. This is this the year the Chargers overtake the Chiefs? Is this the year that the Chargers are actually a true contender? Everyone always picks them because it's like, okay, I think they finally got over the hump. What else is it going to take? I mean, they mm -hmm. go out and draft great offensive linemen, you know, like all pro of an offensive lineman and Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, like they bring in guys in free agency, make a trade for Cleo Mack, who's got 10 sacks this season. Joey Bosa, I mean, God forbid he can't stay healthy, but like all pro defensive end, Derwin James, who's an all pro safety that, you know, they've got great corners. You know, they, they go up and take Kenneth Murray, who's who's been a gamer, you know, Tui Belode, who's been, uh, you know, might be awesome. top, yeah. top three, top five defensive rookie of the year candidate. Sure. I mean, they've got talented guys across this roster, and it's always they're always losing because of wide open wide receiver. It's not like they're getting beat deep where it's like, okay, the quarters keep getting cornerbacks keep getting burned, or like, you know, the the running quarterbacks are just gashing or you're just getting gashed up the middle. It's like, oh no, Jalen Reed and Romeo Dobbs are catching third in, you know, 13 wide open curl routes for first downs. Like, tell me that's not scheming. Mm. And no, so, yeah, I'm look, I'm, I'm not saying I don't think Staley should be fired. I just understand why he hasn't at this point yet, but right. you're kind of at the point of no return, right? Like you're here now in this season where it should have gotten better and better and better. Spanos has a boner for a guy that it's his guy. Indeed, Spanos is one of the most stubborn owners in the NFL. And so he's like, that's my guy. And he's not one to admit when he's wrong, clearly, because if, if you know, anyone could ask, was the move to LA the wrong decision? What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. I think everyone would say that in the media. You, you, and he's and he's never going to admit that because he's a stubborn POS. And I think that's the same thing here. It's like Staley's his guy and he's too stubborn to let him go. So, well, I, I, get I tell you what, it's the, the prospect of the deal can be better in LA, but if you're not winning football games, it's never going to get better. Right. Sure. Like that's what it was in San Diego from a money but, standpoint. Yes and no. I mean, like, look at the Rams. Like, they won a Super Bowl, and they're in the same. People joke about the Chargers all the time, but Rams are in the same position, dude. If you go to a a, a game at SoFi, it is always the other team's fans. It's not just Charger games either. Like, well, it's, I think it's football in general in Los Angeles. I mean, you guys saw like, yeah, I posted a. TikTok. Yeah, what does it really matter though? If as long as the seats are getting filled, like to be honest, true. I mean, I posted a TikTok on our account of like USC, like during the first quarter. It wasn't even before the game this time. It was like halfway through the first quarter. And it was, it looked like it was 65% capacity. I yeah. just don't think it's a football city. It's a baseball <laughs> city. And it's a, like, I understand the Rams making the move from St. Louis, but the Chargers had it in San Diego and they were a really good franchise in San Diego. It just doesn't make sense for me. And I don't think it ever will at this rate. And this guy, I can't rationalize why this guy still has a job other than the fact that I guess Dean Spanos is dying on the hill. But they've missed out on a lot of really good good coordinators who could be head coaches. Yeah. I tweeted from our account that Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, who's done a, he's just done a masterful job, should get a second chance as an NFL head coach. And that's who the Chargers probably should be looking into. I mean, like, obviously, Miles Garrett's amazing. But what he's done across the board with that defense is pretty phenomenal. The other guys in the list, real quick, Ron Rivera, we love him, but I think we've seen enough. I think they have to make some sort of change. The enemy is like waiting in the wings, and I think that's maybe why he took that job. 
So I think that's I, I, and their their offense is like I mean Howe is leading the league in passing. I mean he wasn't perfect on Sunday, of course, but he's leading the league in passing. And I don't know if he's the guy, but they're definitely scheming ways to put up points and put up yards um, on a very with a very mediocre offensive line. He's getting he's getting a lot of pressure on him. Uh, Robert Solid, the issue like I get he's a defensive guy, and I get the Rodgers injury, but let me tell you guys this: he's got two top five corners on PFF. Sauce and Reed are two top five guys. He's got the top two linebackers on PFF in Mosley and Quincy Williams. Not even Quentin Williams. Quincy Williams might be a top three linebacker in the league. He's got a top three de- interior defender in, in Quentin Williams. Edge, he's not really elite there. Like he's got, but he's got three guys that are solid on the edge: uh, Franklin Myers, uh, Bryce Huff, and Jermaine Johnson. And Jordan Whitehead's third in the league in interceptions at safety. Like the defense has been really good. So, yes, that's a kudos to him. But why I think Salah should be on the hot seat, how much? How can you keep sticking with Zach? Zach Wilson finally was benched. How much did you have to see to not make a change? Like, this, this is a really good defensive team. And look what the Browns are doing. The Browns defense is going to put them in the playoffs. This Jets defense could have done that. We all knew Zach Wilson wasn't the guy. What do you want them to do, though? I mean, just Tim make Boyle, a switch. Tim Boyle, the answer? Simeon, the ghost on Joe, like if the Jets did, I think I saw Trey Wingo tweet this and I had this thought too, like if the Jets did what the Browns did and went and brought Joe Flacco back, like there's a chance that they could be contending for a playoff spot. Dude, you can't tell Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in the league. Like what do I, I don't, he's horrible. He's horrific. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's worse than any backup in the league too. He's the like straight up. I mean, I dude, I don't know. Like, he's the worst starting quarterback on Sunday for sure. I mean, I would have said going into Sunday that he's better than Tommy DeVito, but then Tommy DeVito threw for three touchdowns. So I don't. But it's not like Zach Wilson hasn't had one game where he looked good. Like anyone can look good on any given Sunday. Like that's that's just a, a potential outcome for a quarterback stepping up. I mean, I'm not. I don't think you're wrong. I think you're wrong, and I think everyone was wrong about this team being ready to be a contender mm-hmm. and to being. To, to getting there deep in the playoffs. Like, I think we all just jumped the gun a little bit, whether it was Rodgers or anyone else. Like, they have an incredibly tough schedule. They play in a really hard division. They were matched up against, I think, the NFC East this season. Like, the, everyone just needed to to chill a little yeah. bit on, on this team going in. A very young head coach who's learning how to win. Same thing with Staley. I mean, we give, we give the Texas as long as we give Steve Sarkeesian a lot of leeway because we're saying he's learning how to win. Guess what? Brandon Staley doesn't know how to win. Neither does Robert Sala. They know how to win as coordinators, maybe, right? But not as head coaches. Like mm-hmm. these guys are young. They're young dudes. They're like they're, they're figuring. They're they're growing in their own career as well. And like, I don't. That's why I think like you can't just go fire Sala because like yeah. he's trying to figure it out. And I think he's done a lot of really really good things. And at least their defense has been fantastic, like fantastic. So it's been good, see- but they're still tops in the league in points allowed because their offense is so bad. Sure, but we know complimentary football just like everyone else does. And and at, at the end of the day, what can you expect from that defense if, like you're saying, Zach Wilson's not performing? So you could go in a different direction. I don't think it would look that much better if it was Carson Wentz who was b- behind center for them. Like maybe they win one game, maybe one game more, maybe. But it's but- different than they're five. And like they're, this defense is a playoff defense. Like if it, from what I've seen in the NFL, and I know we're going to get to NFL takeaways, but like the quarterback play has not been spectacular this season. We know that. Like Trevor Lawrence had his first good game like yesterday, yesterday and it's week eleven, realistically. 
Like that was his first really good game. And that, and that's a guy we were talking about as a top seven quarterback in the league. The quarterback play has been unbelievably weak this season, more so than ever. Not to mention guys are also out. Like there's injuries across the board. It's been brutal. It's been brutal. So every week uh, we're losing someone big. Too. Yeah. I'm looking at what the Browns team and this team is what this team is going to the playoffs. Probably. I'm not saying the Jets were going to the playoffs, but I don't think we should have pumped the brakes. I don't think like Salah should be, oh, like you get to figure it out because you're a young guy. No, like you're pegged to be a head coach. Like your job is to have be the guy that goes in and win. If you can't win, then you get replaced. Yeah, well, I, he, think, I think Zach he'll Wilson, get Yeah, go ahead, Nick. He'll get another season. I mean, he'll the, get another season. We already, can, like, we already like when you lose your, your guy in the fourth play of the season, like this season was already kind of like, all right, let's make the most of what we have here, but they're looking the next season. And yeah. I, it's even if they had Aaron Rodgers, to be completely honest, I think, I think he got lucky that Aaron Rodgers got hurt because I think they could use that as an excuse because even if they had Aaron Rodgers, this team is still like tops in the league and sacks allowed, you know, their offensive line is horrendous this season. You know, you have got breeze hall and Dalvin cook and they still can't, you know, way to really get a good rush attack go or a balanced rush attack going. You know, you got you got Garrett Wilson, who you know last night had two catches for nine yards. <laughs> like, come on, like, yeah. like, like, figure it out. You know, uh, you're I think Rodgers would be a bit better. With the he'd be a bit up. better, but I still think that they'd have issues on offense. So, I think I think honestly, this is a blessing in disguise for Saul that he's getting an extra year because if they were to you know, to underperform like they did with Rodgers, then yeah, for sure. I'd be sitting here saying he's got to go, but I think he's going to get another opportunity next year. Yeah. You're right. I mean, they've been ferocious. It's the yeah. personnel is incredible on the defense. They also had Vera Tucker, Tucker go down Becton. like Becton. Like remember last year when Rashawn Slater went down, like what was it? Week one. It was like, okay, like the chargers can be good, but they can't be their best because yeah. one of their best three players is now hurt. And mm -hmm. that's the inevitability of it, especially when it's a guy at the positional value like Becton, like Vera Tucker, like like uh, Slater. I mean, it's just there's some things you can't overcome because you need those guys. And I'm with you, Nick. I think this will be a busting in disguise for them. Like, I think they're not going to tank, obviously, but the higher the pick that they can get to get the best player available, like, will be beneficial for this team. They need that. It better be offensive line. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Even, they here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even the if they had Aaron Bobby Adams. Even if they're, I think, yeah, I mean, I still think they can get better on the offensive side, but at the end of the day, if you look at this team with Aaron Rodgers and you compare them to the 49ers, you compare them to the Ravens, like they're just not as good as those teams, no the way. Cowboys even like they're just not as good. And we wouldn't have known that maybe until week 10, but we know that certainly now there's, there's like more than 10 teams in the NFL that I could say that are actually better with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But I still think that with Aaron Rodgers, they're not four and six. They're maybe flipped the script on a six and four. Like I think with Aaron Rodgers, they I don't know if they beat win that Chiefs game, but I think they could beat the Raiders with Aaron with Aiden O'Connell. I almost said Aaron with uh, Aiden O'Connell. Um yeah, they I think, a way to beat the Chargers too. <laughs> yeah, they maybe be like they there there are games where they flip, but I'm with you guys hundred percent. Like they are now almost out of a position where they could spend a first round pick or spend some serious draft capital trying to get Devontae Adams. Like they have to address the offensive line because they've whiffed the last couple right. of drafts. It's not working out for them. Um, what do you guys think quickly though? Eberflus on Chicago. Wait, can I just say that like yeah. can we give can we give Frank Reich like a little bit more time with Bryce Young, who's a rookie? I'm yeah. I, that's what I'm sure thinking. One. I'm just saying like the, that this is just me going off what's being thrown out there that he is on right. the hot seat. Not worried about not, him. I don't think yeah, I'm not, not, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat either. 
they're not supposed to be competitive this season. Yeah. Okay. Eberflus. I don't know. Maybe it's just the name, but I don't believe in that guy. <laughs> Do you think what I was going to say, who could replace him? Like, what, I don't even know what that team does. Cause they're going to have the first pick. Cause the Panthers are that bad. They'll have the, they'll have the I first. Just, pick. I just, I, have you seen it? Have me, you seen it from fields on Sunday that like, oh, you could continue to ride him? No, it's not even about fields. It's to me, it's just the culture. there. like still, there's no identity to the culture. There's no, like I, I almost feel like they need a veteran coach to get in there who, who's been in a locker room before who, you know, whoever is the Sean Payton of last year who we mm. didn't mention, but if they had fired Staley at the end of last year, obviously they could have brought Sean Payton in too um, for the chargers that is. But I, I think someone who, who can get in there and really knows exactly what they're doing and they know what they want. They're not figuring it out on the job, right? Like Poles is a new GM. He's figuring it out. But if you had a head coach who can get in there, who's synced up with Poles, who clearly wants to do things in a very unique way, right? I, I just think that Ibrufloos feels like a puppet. Like I don't really know what he's doing, what like value he's adding, like what his identity and what type of team he wants the Bears to be. And whether it's with Justin Fields, like I'd almost love like if this guy made the decision right now, to say like field is our guy or he's like, or inter internally, maybe they've already made the decision. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be really hard for them to pass up on Caleb Williams or Drake may, whichever guy that they like between those two, depending on their, their picks. Cause they could get either one of them if they want. Um, well, if, yeah. if Caleb is the guy, you know, we have heard that Lincoln Riley's throwing his name in the mix to see if he can follow Caleb to the NFL. Do you believe that at all? I don't no. want that guy to be my head coach. I'll tell you that much. Lincoln. Maybe. As an OC, sure, maybe. I don't really. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't I, be thrilled about that, but I don't think. I don't know. I think Lincoln just seeing him in the press conference this past weekend was actually the first time I felt that he had some serious accountability. Like he let the whole season fall on his shoulders. He took responsibility for what wrong this season for the team, which I think was finally because <clears throat> you talk about coaches that should have been fired it should have been alex grinch that should have been fired like like staley mm -hmm. last year but he let it go on he ruined he wasted caleb williams's last year i don't know if you i don't know if he goes i think he stays i think he's the kind of guy that wants to see something at least as close to he can as possible to the finish like i think he got ou to as far as he can go i think he tried wants to try to do the same with usc into the big 10 i don't know and he also has a nice house out here i think that i don't think caleb williams is that liked to be honest, just like from what I see on social media, like he's not what's the Bo Callahan vibes in the NFL in the draft day movie. Is that the get quarterback in the, in the Kevin Costner movie that like everyone wants, but no, one you would, yeah, you would know better movie. than we would. Yeah, no one shows up. No one shows up to his birthday party and they make a huge deal about that. I just feel like the players like Caleb, but I don't know. I just feel like the fans and the media have like a sour. Everyone's rooting for that guy to fail. It's a very different landscape and very different um narrative than like guys like herbert or burrow like burrow or Her mahomes even like he, even despite like his like family's actions in the past like have i don't think caleb williams has that level of love that those dudes have coming out of school um and to me i think the bears are in a position if if they change head coaches they're going to be inclined to take a quarterback but they're also going to be in a position where they they're the first overall pick you could get another king's ransom or they still like dj moore is really good they got DJ Moore in that trade last year, right? For them to go and get bright for them to move. And they, and like say what you will about Justin Fields, like Bryce Young has not been good. 
So it looks like the right move to stick with Fields and make that trade. You mm-hmm. could be in a position again with the Patriots at three. Like, I don't know if the Packer, like if the Rams now like want to trade up and get Caleb Williams to keep him in Los Angeles, like you could tempt McVay to do that and you could get a King's ransom and you could really build your team out like that around and continue to build around Fields and not give him a crazy contract or have him on a one-year prove-it deal. Um, but I do think they need to make a head coaching change. I think the commanders, like I think we all were just, we kind of glossed over that one, but we're all in agreement that that Ron Rivera's yep. time, unfortunately is done over in Washington. Um, but yeah, that's the head coaching carousel. I felt bad for you yesterday, Nick, man. I really did. Like, I know we all really like, we all really like, but you know what? We all really like Herbert. We all yeah. Really I don't like think anyone dislikes coach. Herbert. I mean, he's anything you see about him has been positive and look, I, I love, there was a play where they, uh, they took a delay of game. Mm-hmm. And Herbert was so frustrated. I mean, I'd never seen him so fired up. He like I saw spiked that the ball on the ground and like yelled at the center. And like he looks like a mild mannered guy who doesn't really you know yell much. Doesn't really get that you know agitated. And I you could sense his frustration. You know, like that's a that's to me this was the most frustrating loss of the season. It's the drops. It's the penalties. It's the defense, like uh, literally everything. Like Herbert played the best he could. Mm. He rushed for 73 yards. He was the leading rusher on the Chargers. It's crazy. And he was throwing dimes, you know, not turning the ball over. Hitting his guys right between the numbers on third down in the end zone. You know, like I don't know what more you could have asked from him. And I think it's just like we said, we mentioned it already in the show. Like we're we're past 10 weeks. We know who these football teams are. And obviously we know everybody's record and where their standing is. And then they need, they had to win this game against a team that they are better than, and they did not. And I think that adds an extra element of frustration. Like there's no reason to be losing to, I mean, I know you're at Lambeau, right? Like that's the one kind of wrinkle, I guess, where it's like, okay, that's tough to play at Lambeau, but we've seen enough from Jordan love. Like we know that this chargers team through and through top to bottom is a better football team. And you just, you can't lose this game. And that's how I know before we get to the next segment, that's how I know Brandon Staley is a bad coach. He made Jordan Love look good. Like Jordan Love looked really good yesterday. That's how I know that guy's not that good. Um, all right, on a more positive note, who are the top you guys real quick, top three players, Nick, you guys you build around, but your top three non-quarterbacks in the league. T, we'll start with you, man. So this is either side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'm hard pressed not to have Miles Garrett as my first pick as a non QB. I mean, the guy, I know there's that grouping, right? Of Watt and Bosa and Parsons and Miles Garrett. But to me, Miles Garrett has been the best player out of that group. He is making impact plays. Not only is he, is he clogging things up defensively and drawing a lot of attention, but he just, he actually executes and finishes plays. Mm -hmm. Um, That team had a, another clutch victory against a, a really well-coached dealers team. And he was everywhere. I, I just, miles Garrett has to be that, that first guy for me. Um, and I'll get my defensive pick out of the way so I can go skill position players on the offensive side for the, for the other two picks, but I'll let you guys chime in here, Nick. I mean, I think there's a clear cut number one, in my opinion, and he just opens up the field and dazzles us every single week. And it's Tyree kill. Yeah. I mean, Look, this has been a season where I think, as you mentioned, Josh, that quarterback play is underwhelmed. No one's really like rushing the, you know, running away with a rushing tide. I mean, McCaffrey, you know, isn't at a thousand yards yet, but he's really kind of like the best running back. But Tyreek Hill, like, legitimately could be an MVP this season. I, I think 
that team is solid, mm-hmm. right? Their rushing attack of okay, K H H hand went down. That that hurts, right? Mostert's That's had a really true. good year. Yeah. Two is a two is a good quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback, but I absolutely agree, Nick. If this Tyreek Hill is is a difference maker beyond all difference makers. I don't even know. I don't know that they would be a playoff team if they didn't have Tyreek Hill. And I, and I firmly believe that like what he does changes everything for this team. Their defense has not been great. This, this just over the entirety of the season, they've had good games. They've had bad games. Um, so I'm, I'm completely, completely with you. Like he has to be in the top three for any team. I, I, I don't know if he's the best receiver. He's the best weapon, offensive weapon, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, I, I actually agree with both of you guys. You guys had my one and two, but I was with Nick that Tyreek Hill to me is he's every game a lock for 10 catches, eight catches, 120 yards. 100, and, a, and the touchdown he caught yesterday, there were guys all around him. He is just that fast and he broke away. And I'm with you, Toss. Like, are they a, are, like, is Waddle good enough as a number one? I don't know. Like, it, is Tua good enough as a top five quarterback? No. Like, are they a re- and their defense was good yesterday. But again, like, who do they play? They played the a real bad, AOC. Bad yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, like yeah, a bad team. Shout out to Antonio Pierce. I love him. I uh, hope he keeps his job. Hope the Raiders do the right thing this time and, and, and keep the right guy. Um, but I, again, like running down, like who could be the MVP? Like, have you guys been that blown away by Purdy or Goff or Stroud to give them the MVP? Like, that's what we're talking about. Or Dak, yeah. like that's what we're talking about right here. Um, Mahomes even, but like, I don't think I've been blown away by those guys. Like I've been dazzled by Tyreek Hill. And quite frankly, we never see a defensive player win MVP because they have DPOY, but Miles Garrett and this Browns, like the Browns have been such like a, a, a turnstile and such a carousel at quarterback. And Nick Chubb has been out like in a horrific injury. What Miles Garrett has meant to this team and done for this team to keep them where they are. Like, how could he not be in the MVP conversation? Why? Yeah. Bosa, Parsons, all right there. Those are my one and two. I had a, ironically, like we've spent a lot of time on the Jets uh, on the show too. Like my third guy is on the Jets. I I, I almost picked Quentin Williams. Uh, he was in that conversation with Bosa, Parsons, and Watt. But Sauce Gardner is an amazing cornerback. And I think you need a really amazing cornerback in this league to be successful. So he's probably my number three, Sauce. Nice. Nick? Two and three for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I well, think my, just by the way, my two is Tyreek, so I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I got Miles Garrett too. It's he's head and shoulders defensive player of the year. I mean, I would have to say Christian McCaffrey just because of what he's doing, catching the ball, running the ball, just what he means to this offense in general. Because you take away, you know, the attention to him and to the rest of the guys, you know, do they fare as well as they do? I mean, you got Kittle, you've got Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel, but like their seasons are are much better because of McCaffrey, in my opinion. Brock Purdy is that much better because of McCaffrey. Yes, they're good players, but what he brings to the field is just so much attention. And, you know, he's head and shoulders above the next leading rusher, and mm-hmm. he also does it, you know, in the air as well. Yeah. So yeah. healthy McCaffrey is a recipe for disaster against defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's wild how good that team looks when all – of their weapons are healthy and Brock Purdy is on like the team <laughs> is nasty. they're nasty. Uh, and, and I had a really, really good game yesterday. I mean, Kittle, they all had good games. It's crazy. Like I don't Kittle's a guy you could throw into this mix too. Honestly, he's been that good. He's a beast. He's such a beast. Uh, yeah. I mean, like if JJ were healthy, obviously he's, he's up there for me, you know, Kelsey, 
is is up there for me. But I'm gonna do some some home dog stuff here, and I'm gonna say 88. Like right now, I'm hard pressed to believe that he's not the best and most versatile wide receiver. CD Lamb, he can line up anywhere on the field. His maybe he's not quite as good at contested catches as AJ Brown is, um, or Justin Jefferson, but his route running, his yak. And that's obviously something we saw when he was at Oklahoma. Like, I think the guy's just straight up on fire right now. Like he, if we're playing any NFL blitz, he's on fire every single play and he cannot be guarded. And this dominant run that he and Dak are putting together is really awesome to watch. And look, Dak started slow ish, but I think he will have a, a good chance at, at making a, a second half run for the MVP. Josh, you mentioned his name there. Like if this Cowboys offense is not stopped and right now it doesn't look like it can be it, you're going to be hard pressed not to at least consider him. And I know that's why you're wearing the hat. Yeah. I, it's, another reason Lamb is the main part of that, right? He is the main reason behind that. He's really think, fun to watch. So Nick fun. and I, I don't know if you were in the conversation, but Nick and I, I think it was maybe just Nick and I were talking how much, we hate OU and then we get these guys get to the pros. And ironically, the three of us always end up loving the OU players and the pros because they're so fun. Like when once we don't have to like dislike them anymore and they're in the NFL, like a guy like Lamb, Hurts, we love Baker, even we root for. Like we like so many of the OU guys and the pros. Uh, I actually thought of a guy that's not like going to get mentioned because he's not sexy, but pick 26 is. Is pretty damn good. Deron Bland with six interceptions and four touchdowns, like four pick sixes. Yeah, it's it's he's tied for the record right now. So That's one crazy. more, one more, and he he holds the the lone record for pick sixes in a season. Just think that if we be. also had Trayvon Diggs right now. Just think what that defense would be. Sure, but also Gilmore was a really good pickup too. Like having that's why Gilmore is even that much better of a pickup to have him in tow because he's still like he's still Gilmore. Not Gilly Lock, but he's still there. Like he's such and, a good tackler, though. He's such a good tackler. He's such he's like a blanket. <clears throat> um, it's funny that we mentioned that you know quarterbacks quarterback play has been down this year, but wide receiver play, in my opinion, has been awesome. I so mean, good. we're talking about you know obviously one, two, and three, probably AJ Brown, but Keenan Allen's getting some love too. He's having a career year, just leading the league in receptions. You know, just having huge games after game after game and staying healthy. I mean, that's the, been his biggest knock for his career is just being able to hit the field. Amon Ross St. Brown has been great for the Lions. Of course, you got to give a shout out to Puka Nakua. Yeah, you know, coming out of nowhere for the Rams. You know, Diggs I mean, has been Diggs has been good, but I mean, they've they lately Josh Allen and him have not been on the same page. But I mean, I think they're getting it back together. DJ Moore has been awesome. Mm. Jamar Chase has put it back together. We mentioned Ayuk. Mike Evans is a guy that we didn't expect to be, you know, as good as he is this season because of his age. But, but we're certainly not surprised by his performance, yeah, right? Still doing his thing. You know, as bad as the Raiders or Devonta Adams still has over 700 receiving yards. So wide receiver play has been pretty awesome this year. Yeah. Yeah. Mari Cooper, like, has been good. Like, even the rookies, too, man. Like, Addison has been has been really solid. Um, he's Dillon. been impressed. Dillon, Tank Dell. Tank Dell and Nico Collins, like all of a sudden you have a really good one-two punch in Houston. Uh, another like Hawkinson's been great too. I know he's a tight end, but Hawkins, we we shouted out Kittle, but Hawkinson's been really phenomenal. And like you, and like even other guys like 
like as bad as the quarterback play has been in New York, Wilson's still there. Hopkins is still having a solid season. Metcalf, Olave, like and Kirk and Pittman, like these guys are all putting up. Like I'm looking at it now, these guys are all putting up really serious numbers. But to see Puka and Nakua there is crazy. Sutton on them titties. Uh, Sutton on them titties is guy. I, Nick, you, Nick wanted that trade uh, trade so badly to change the name. Uh, Sutton, on, Sutton on them titties has been really good. The, yeah, Portland's he's had a great year. We have to apologize to the Broncos a little bit. They've won four in a row. They're in the playoff hunt. Like, hey, hey, hey they're they've coaching. changed it around. Coaching, yeah, coaching. Change. It's the culture. I'm telling you, coach can bring you out of the depths and 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 revive a team and turn around a season. Sean mm-hmm. Payton's that guy. We, he shook off the dust a little bit early in the season. There was a curve to get back to you know normalcy. He took some time off, of course. You got Russell Wilson. He's so he got to manage his ego a little bit, but they are where they are because of coaching. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. There's no arguing. And, um, and, de- and defense. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're like they're winning defensive coordinators. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. They just beat the Vikings. Like that's three really good potential playoff teams right now. Yeah, like the Bills came fully back and crushed the Jets. The Vikings have been on fire with that, with or without Kirk Cousins, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. That's a great point. They've beaten, they won tough games, and their coaching has really made a huge difference. And Sean Payton's been worth the price. Like it, he didn't come cheap; he came for a first round pick. Like he cost the he cost the Broncos something, and it's been worth every penny. And Russ has been pretty solid. Like we're sitting in a situation if the Broncos carry this through, like there is a there is a bizarre world where the Bron- the Broncos win eleven games, that means they went like what ten and one in their last eleven games, and Russell Wilson keeps playing like this, he's gonna be in the conversation for MVP, which is crazy to think about. But there, yeah. I'm just saying, I, like, I, like yeah, I, yeah, that's no, like no, the no. hottest I mean, of hot like worlds. That's but a, like that's a yeah scorcher take, but they have the longest win streak in the NFL right now at four games in a row. So they're hot. Don't let Russ cook. Don't let Russ cook. cook. Uh, Before we transition to our horns up talking Texas football show with a little college football, I do want to give you guys the hypothetical of the week. Are you ready? Hypothetical of the week. Would you rather have a guy on your team, a kicker on your team in the NFL who hits a hundred percent of his field goals and ranges 40 to 50. So 40 to 50 automatic 100% or would you have a rather have a running back who gets two yards on a hundred percent of his carries automatically gets two yards or would you have rather have a kicker that from 40 to 50 but he ne- but he never never misses. he never gets more than two yards when he carries the football never gets more than two Wait, yards. 40 to 50 or can we just say 50 and, and below you could just say 50 and uh the, the question was 40 to 50 but so he so he can miss from 40 to zero. He could miss from 40 to zero, but from 40 to 50, 100 percent and toss. Yes, two <clears> yards. <throat> That's it. He gets no more, no less, but he gets two yards on every carry. But we have another running back that could get more or less yards More or less. But in your stable, you have a running back. That's a lock for two yards. I think you have to just consider like I'd have to look at the analytics and see how often you are in fourth and one fourth and two. Uh, you know, right. It depends from the goal line, right? Depends what kind of offense you are. Are you a productive enough offense where you're putting yourself in third and short and fourth and short situations, or are you an offense that is typically airing it out because you're third and five, you're third and long, in which case maybe that two yard running back isn't that helpful for you. Right. Like, I think uh, I'd take the running back. 
I, I think so too. I mean, I think you look at just the Eagles and how important the, t- the tush push, the brotherly shove has been for them. And it's just an absolute lock. If they're third and short for fourth and short to convert. Um, I, I think you have to, you have to take that advantage. Yeah. What if I go 50 to 60? What if it's 40 to 60? He's a hundred percent. Does that change it for you guys? Or are you still with the running? Back? I, I think that makes it more interesting because honestly, if he's a hundred percent from 40 to 50, I'm just inclined to always go for it at that point. Right. Like I, the analytics are almost to the point where it's more favorable to go for it anyway, when you're in that part of the field. Um, so I, I would say that changes things. And and maybe if he's banging 57 yarders every single time, I I might be swayed, but it's hard to say no to the two yards whenever you need it. I'm with you guys hundred percent. I think it's a running back. No brainer. Like the, the tush push, the goal lines. I mean, how many times have we seen into great transition to our Texas football team? How many times could that have been useful, you know, in certain situations, that guy that automatically gets. And now this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the charity stripe podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.